Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. Hello. 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 What's going on, gang? How's everybody doing? How's everybody been? This is your Fantasy Gesture, and. <laughs> Surprise, we're here tonight Been crazy, been a, been a crazy schedule lately And uh, that crazy schedule has led to uh, tonight's show Jester out? Is this it? Is this the end? Is this the official announcement tonight? This is the episode everybody's been wondering You know, there's been a lot of talk been listening to the uh, chatter behind my back, if you will, and uh, wondering uh, what, where I was, what's been going on, what's been going down, and uh, what is the future? Is, is, this, uh, is this the time I'm coming on and telling everybody? A lot of speculation into that question, and uh, we'll get into that tonight. We'll talk about that. But uh, first, uh, you know, we want to go ahead and uh, bring you the usual tonight. It is beautiful here. 77 degrees, D-Land, Florida, folks. As you know, if you're new to the show, FantasyJusticeSports.com and Blog Talk Radio brought to you by all the fine folks at both. You know, it has been a uh, fun time. We've started this. We are on our, uh, JT and I, and I'll be bringing in JT in a minute. We started uh, all this last year at this time and didn't know what would happen, where it would go. And and we've had an incredible, incredible fun time. And one of the best parts about it, (laughs) here we are, we're talking about saying goodbye and all this stuff and you know, what's to be tonight and the announcement to come and all that. But, uh, and we talk about that. And this past uh, week and a half, two weeks, the past couple weeks, uh, it's been scattered. We've done a couple of shows. We haven't been on our exact schedule. And uh, it's really funny. I have to thank each and every one of you that listen out there, because while some of you might be new, there's a bunch of you that aren't. And a um, couple of the things that have happened while we're gone, this is, this is the ironic part and the funny part, is that while we're gone and we haven't done an episode of, uh, you know, we've been sporadic with this and sporadic with FXE Live, and the listenership continues to grow. I, I don't know what to say. This is... Uh, I'll be talking with JT in a minute about all this. And, uh, yeah, no, listenership continues to grow. Matter of fact, we are now on six of the – we're on six of the seven continents. We just added Africa, folks. So, uh, you know, 
I, I really don't know what to say at this point. Uh, it's fantastic. Thank you for the support. I mean, everybody, you're fantastic. God bless. Uh, it's been fun. And it's because we've brought you some, uh, I have to be honest, we, we have brought you some great, great shows, some great insider information uh, in all different sports. It, it's not just been one sport. And uh, we've had a lot of fun doing that. So, you know, tonight... Let's go ahead. JT and I are going to do what we do best. We are fantasy experts. That's first and foremost. Uh, JT is a walking encyclopedia for those of you that are new to the show. Oh, oh, by the way, the continent that we added, I want to say hello to Africa. And in particular, the country of South Africa. Welcome, everybody. Um, But yeah, no... JT and I have been at this for a little bit, and uh, this is what we do, uh, sports, fantasy sports, and all the major sports, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, you know, this is what we do. This is our bread and butter, and this is uh, why we have the fanship that we we do, and uh, deservedly so. I, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm the jester, and I'm going to be the jester tonight, too, and the jester comes with one thing, a reputation of being one of the best fantasy analysts out there. And so does JT. Uh, there's, you, you just can't take that away from us. And that is something that has brought us to where we are and, and the fun that we've had. Tonight, we're going to talk uh, about the MLB, you know, Major League Baseball, a little bit. Let's take a look. We're going to look at position by position, break down little fantasy tidbits that we have for you and, and we're really, really going to go each position so that we, we want to leave you and give you something tonight for each position, first, second, third, short, outfield, uh, catcher, uh, starting pitcher uh, and relief pitcher. You know, um, we're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk about the playoffs. And uh, I mean, I have my own opinion. I've had my opinion about the uh, NBA playoffs. But again, we'll go, we're going to talk Final Four and, and probably, you know, a little bit about the prediction. But the prediction, uh, if you've listened to the show, know that I've felt that this was a foregone cl- conclusion before the season started. So we'll see what JT sees and uh, if he sees maybe any surprises on the horizon. We're going to talk a little bit about the NHL. NHL happens to be, uh, you know, everyone knows that's my, my little playground, my sport, what I love. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of things I want to talk to people about. We're going to give, uh, again, Final Four, what it's looking like, who, uh, and talk about the finals. Uh, I have a feeling that JT and I will probably agree with one of the teams in the finals. I'm not so sure about how he feels uh, about the Western Conference. I also want to talk to everybody. Everybody knows I'm a, or should know by now, I'm a, a Devils fan, originally from New Jersey, and, uh, and uh, I have something I want to talk about also in my NHL section about those guys. Then uh, we're going to continue on with uh, and, and talk a little bit about the NFL. A lot's gone on. Uh, a lot has gone on. And, of course, uh, Aaron Hernandez uh, taking his life. Uh, and uh, I have just recently uh, gone out. I purchased a horse uh, yesterday, and I will be uh, racing him uh, frequently until I can hear the uh, call that uh, the horse, and I'm going to name it after Aaron, 
uh, Aaron Hernandez. And uh, I want to hear the call that it won by a neck. Ask me if I care if you're insulted. Uh, He's a thug. He's a murdering thug. And uh, in the end, he's gone. Bye. Just like the rest of us. Ain't no different, especially for a murdering thug. So I don't really care. Um, So, yeah, no, Hernandez, we're going to talk a little mixing. And then, you know, as we're talking thug life, we're talking mixing and what he might bring and uh, Aaron Hernandez and what he was. And thug life needs to continue. We're going to talk uh, maybe a surprise thug of the year award going to Eli Manning. What's up? I'm sure JT will have fun with Eli there for a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about the draft, and then, like I said, you know, we're going to get into uh, get into the NFL and all that. But first, if you've tuned in before, you know that after the sip of my orange drink that I'm having tonight, nice little cocktail tonight, and uh, enjoying just enjoying the show uh, and what it means, Jester, out. <laughs> uh, I do have my rant. My rant tonight is simple. And, you know, I've, many of you already know I, I've bitched and complained about mock drafts. And this guy's on his uh, mock 5.0. And it, it, mock drafts just in general are the most ridiculous things going, period. Because literally we've seen every position be traded from over the course of the NFL. And uh, so, I mean, you could literally see Cleveland trade it uh, down. You know, I've always been a fan of, if you're one of the top two uh, picks, unless there's somebody just completely off the charts, trade down, you guys suck. (laughs) You're you're drafted first for a reason. Trade down, grab some extra picks. I know JT feels the same damn way uh, about it. But one of the things that uh, I saw now about the mock drafts is you can bet on the mock drafts. I mean, how much more gambling do you want connected to sports? Now you can go ahead and bet on the mock draft. I mean, that is just crazy. And, And here you are. You've got people worried about teams going to Vegas. Because there's gambling. I'm in no man's land in Florida, and I can gamble right now. What's your point? The league that you're in is in bed with FanDuel, with money going both directions. Stop it. Stop it. Anyway, let's get him in here. Fez, F-E-Z-437 on Twitter. V1, you know, (laughs) we talked about it. He is the one. He is the only, okay, Jason Townsend at Fez437. But one of the reasons I believe that we have added to our South Africa, our South Africa people down there in Africa is because I have joked and many times have mentioned that He scours the earth for his fantasy info. (laughs) 
to the people deep in the jungle who have touted him their hero. Here he is now, JT. Jason Townsend, how are you, man? What's going on, bud? <laughs> Jester, I'm doing great, man. It's uh, almost my favorite weekend of the year coming up with the NFL draft, as you mentioned. I've uh, been doing a lot of research on these uh, prospects, on these guys that are about to become multimillionaires. Uh, and the best part is, what what would you say, maybe 10 to 15% of them become something more than average? Right, if that. Yeah, about 10% might become average. And it's, uh, it's always going to be interesting, you know, uh, 10 years down the road to see exactly uh, how many people went before a great player? Uh, what was the ridiculous number of wide receivers that have gone that went the year before Antonio Brown, say? You right. know, and you look right. back and you go, wow, all these professionals, all these people who have teams, teams of scouts and all these computers right. and all the numbers, and we've crunched this, that, the other, and you miss a Tom Brady. You miss an Antonio Brown. It happens. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, on uh, somebody like Mel Kuyper's mock draft 7.2567, you know, he has uh, Terrell Davis in the fifth round. Well, what about all those guys in front of him that year, you know? So it's not an exact science. Uh, you know, there's a lot goes into it. I have a blast doing it. As you said, welcome to South Africa. So uh, another continent hit for the Jester Show. Uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. I'm uh, enjoying the uh, the old place I lived in Columbus, Ohio. Once again, getting jettisoned out of the playoffs by my Pittsburgh Penguins. Suck on that, Columbus. Well, you see that a lot with a team that is getting that kind of success uh, for the first time. They're they're really, you know, I mean, to be at that level and be one of the best teams in the league and then have to go into the playoffs and play last year's best team in the league. So it just seems like every year we get, we get mad. I said every year, last few years we've hmm. met them, uh, you know, when it really counts, Uh, Columbus is a good young and up and coming team. They're going to be, they're going to be a team to reckon with. Uh, They just got to get some more scoring. Yeah, and they will. They're coming, and they've got – that's what I'm saying, though, is this is a young team. They've got success early, and now they've got to learn what to do with it once it becomes uh, crunch time. How, how do you, you know, keep composure and all that? Before mm-hmm. we go any farther, I have to – I have to. You know, far be it for me to dispute something you would say, but I do have to call you on one thing. I don't always necessarily agree that if you're picking at the top – that you suck and you should trade down. Because I do remember, oh, wow, it was a long time ago, back in the early 90s, you know, David Robinson out for the season and the Spurs end up getting the first pick and mm-hmm. take some guy named Tim Duncan, the big fundamental. Um, and that set their franchise up. Well, what year are we in, 2017 for the next well, yeah. 27 yeah. years? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they're they're still reaping the benefits from that. I agree with you most of the time. If you're someone like Cleveland, you have so many more needs than Miles Garrett. I think a trade back would make a lot of sense for them. But there is that occasion where, you know, a team just fell on some bad luck the year before that, some injuries. They're picking up top, and they can get a player well, like a Tim Duncan. But you also – Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about is if – if there's a franchise, if there's a franchise right. guy, I, I can't miss 
Okay. Well, yeah, then you got to. Why would you have I, to? You got to be. I know you remember this because I do. Being what, 15 years Thanks old at the time, I remember this. You know, hey, my point being, a lot of the quote unquote experts had Tim Duncan as a tweener coming out of the ACC. Not, not sure, sure. If he power forward. Not yep. sure if he could play center. You know, so they weren't they weren't completely sold on this guy. And well, he earns the nickname the Big Fundamental for a reason. So uh, he worked out pretty good for the Spurs. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, they weren't sure because uh, 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 mainly because uh, he, he was slight too coming out. So yeah, um, yep. And it turned out as it does. And again. One of the things that you just can't measure is uh, someone's heart, you know, what they have uh, and what's in them to succeed at all costs. And they, they, you get, you get somebody who just needed uh, a break here and maybe a little proper coaching there to go with their heart. You know, they've been buried behind somebody on a roster or, you know, the coach never really worked with them on their weakness. They they've gotten that mm-hmm. far just on some on some sheer talent alone and uh, raw ability. Now getting some real coaching. What happens to those players? There's so much that goes into it. So it really well, is well, uh, NBA, anyone's best guess. And in the NBA, the biggest thing missing, if you look at these kids that come out of college now, I'm going to take Carl Anthony Towns out of this uh, statement because he definitely has it. Where's the footwork, the fundamentals in the footwork, and, you know, moving around, moving without the ball around the basket for the big men. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I miss seeing is big men that can pass the ball. A lot of people don't realize Shaquille O'Neal, as dominant physical as he was, was one of the best passing centers in the history of the league. You know, big man that can, you know, defense collapses on him, he kicks it to an open right. guy for an easy, easy bucket, you know. A little stuff like that, I'd love to see the NBA adopt the rule that the NFL has where you have to be out of high school for three years before you can uh, come into the NBA. Some some of these guys have some more time to develop some fundamentals and some skills. Yeah, because you can get overwhelmed if you're not properly prepared, just throwing them in there. You know, not everybody can do it, and they're, you're losing. There are, for all the good players that can handle something like that, there are just as many that can't, that you lose some of these guys. Guys that are going maybe in the second round or maybe not going at all, that, you know, they're coming out because they can and because they need the money, their family needs the money or whatever. Or, it's just or so they want many the money. things. Yeah, they want the money. Um, it, it's just, uh, again, we've talked about how NCAA works and all that, too, before. So uh, that's <laughs> on the record. We, we, we were on record on that. Show. But real quick, NBA playoffs. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've said it since the beginning that Golden State, no kidding. But are you, uh, are you leaning towards, and this is how I'm starting to feel, is San Antonio, Golden State, uh, and Cleveland versus Washington. Uh, I, I mean, what do you? Yeah, I, I can, I can see, I can see those. Uh, to me, the the most fun or the best series to me so far has been Houston, Oklahoma City with Harden versus Westbrook head to head. Yeah, and you're talking yeah. about a guy. You know, let's look at Harden: thirty-eight point seven points, five point seven rebounds, seven point seven assists per game in the playoffs. And you say those are amazing numbers, but then you look at Westbrook, 35 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 
The guy's averaging a triple-double. So it's been a lot of fun to watch those two guys. I think Houston, if they can get past Oklahoma City, would be a team that may be able to upset the apple cart a little bit. But all in all, as we've talked all year, San Antonio, Golden State do look like the front runners for the Western Conference. Boston getting that number one seed at the end and now down uh, down a game to the eighth seed in Chicago is the, the biggest story for me. I, uh, I, I like Westbrook a lot. I, I love the idea that he was just uh, – he really didn't care about the 50 and that whole mm-hmm. stat line. And he just he, – he was more upset about the losing – as you should. I've seen stars. I've seen stars go. Well, hey, listen, I did my part. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And uh, but no, uh, I love the people. I love the people that are shocked that Cleveland all of a sudden can put it together in a playoff series. Yeah, what a shocker! You know, LeBron can uh, dominate the ball. Love can knock down some open threes. Um, you know, we're talking about a team that. Uh, team that, well, if you remember that episode that I'm using the quotation fingers here, won the NBA mm-hmm. Finals last year. Uh, right, right. All by themselves with no help from, you know, yeah. the NBA in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but, yeah, Cleveland can turn it on when they want to, and they also own the Pacers. Let's be real. They've dominated that team um, for the last several years. They own the Pacers. They, the Pacers shouldn't mm-hmm. even show up at this point. Um, you know, the one but, uh, that I think to me, it's the people Washington, I, I – Yeah. Well, I was going to say Washington, though, with the backcourt mm. they have and the speed that they have in that backcourt, I I really think they could give Cleveland a run for their money, but I don't think that anyone's going to stop Cleveland from returning to the finals. It's going to be interesting uh, with Washington, too, because, you know, Gortat – can actually dominate when he wants. He fades at times. Like in the middle of the season, he was putting up good numbers and then he'll fade. And then now he's not getting as many minutes and all. And then all of a sudden he'll get a bunch of minutes. He's just, to me, he's a player that um, I, 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 he can take that team a little further because wall. Okay. Wall controls back there nicely, all right? And he's going to – if you can just give him a little bit more space because you've got to worry about it, Gortat, um, because now all of a sudden he's rolling. Like I said, I guess because – I'm a little uh, partial to him, I guess, because I've seen him uh, up close personal playing down here and uh, in Orlando. So, um, But – the thing is, is I, I, what I was going into, though, is that as much as I really it's documented that I'm not a LeBron fan, uh, it's just funny to listen to people go, I don't really see them going far in the playoffs. There are people that really just didn't think that they were going to do much this year in the playoffs. And whether, you, whether or not how last season's finals uh, went or not, it's the East. Is there, I mean, right. uh, are you really thinking that there is a more talented team in the East than Cleveland overall? Deep too? I don't know so, if they're overall, but again, you know, you brought up Washington. You talk about wall. What about his yeah. backcourt mate? If you give, if you give Beal yeah. any kind of open look, 
you give that kid any kind of space uh, to, to get that three off, chances are he's going to knock it down. Uh, you know, he's hitting for almost 27 points tonight as well. I really do think that backcourt has a chance. You know, if, like you said, Gortat, if Gortat gets a, a wild hair up his ass and starts playing like he did when he was in Phoenix or Orlando um, yeah. and dominates the boards, and the thing I liked about him, he reminds me of the old bull center, Bill Cartwright, Mr. Elbows. He may not even be in, involved in the play, but if you come inside, you're going to get an elbow either to the nose, to the, the throat, the chest. He's going to make you think twice about coming in the lane. He's kind of a throwback center. So, you know, and you know how players are today. Some of those inside guys don't like any kind of contact, and it throws them out of their game. So I do think Washington's a team to be reckoned with. Well, that's what I'm thinking is because, you know, when you start thinking inside and toughness, you don't think that with Cleveland. No. I don't. Kevin Love. Do you? No, if you would play our old friends, uh, you know, from the WWE, S-A-W-F-T, but that describes Kevin Love to a T. He wants to sit outside, be on the arc, and shoot the three. He doesn't want contact. It'd be that I just think that would be an interesting matchup right there, Cleveland and Washington. And then, I mean, do you doubt uh, it's uh, San Antonio and Golden State? I mean, is that the duh? No, I mean, you know, Durant's back. Uh, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, one of the most underappreciated stars in the league, or under talked about still, in my opinion, stars in the league. Uh, and, and what a coaching job! Again, just the coaching, uh, the coaching alone in San Antonio has got to be worth a game or two in the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, right. You're, you're, the Clippers, Utah, Houston, OKC, Memphis, I don't see much. Portland, I don't see much from any of those other teams. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be those two. Switching up, going to the other playoffs now, over to the NHL. Uh, I, I know you're feeling your Pittsburgh, and I'm sure you are. Why wouldn't you? I'll tell you. I'll tell you, I'm feeling Pittsburgh, but, you know, the the one stat I just want to throw out there to you so far that I'm the most impressed with is why I think they have a chance in Montreal with still, what is it, 100% on the penalty kill so far in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. That's a young team. That's a young team that, uh, you know, you know, stopping stopping the advantage. To me, that's a, that's a key, key statistic, at least as far as the way I see. I know they're down three to two, but um, that's been the most interesting thing to me so far. Uh, I still have it as Montreal, uh, Pittsburgh uh, at the end there, and uh, Pittsburgh moving on simply because uh, Montreal is a little bit younger. I'm surprised at how Montreal's played. Uh, I, I really, I wasn't much for that Subban move uh, for them. I didn't understand it, but again, uh, who am I? I'm just me. You know what do I know? Uh, right. I have no clue. I have literally no clue. I thought that was something that was going to hurt them, and uh, it really has turned out in their favor. Going to the other side, though, and and this is where – because I think we both agree that it's going to be Pittsburgh out of of the East. Now, going to the West, though, uh, I have it as uh, an uh, Anaheim-St. Louis uh, final with Anaheim – playing Pittsburgh uh, for the cup. Is is that where you're okay. going as well? Where are you going with your uh, Western conference there? Well, if you remember when we talked uh, preseason, 
hockey. I, I was a big proponent of the Blues, and I still am, especially after they dismantled the Wild. A lot of people were shocked by that. Like four games to one. Um, I have St. Louis uh, advancing to the finals. Uh, over. Who, who, who's your other team? Who, who's your? Oh, I agree. Well, I agree team? with you that it's An- Anaheim. I agree with you that it's Anaheim's uh, in that in that matchup. I just have St. Louis going farther. Uh, are, are you going with a better defense on, on St. Louis? What are you What are you looking at there? Uh, I think Tarasenko is just is, is the key. I think Tarasenko, who if you look over his career, has really done well against Anaheim when they've played. Seems to be a team that he gets up for. There's something about playing them where he seems to do well. At least he has recently. Um, mm-hmm. And I honestly think the goaltending is a little bit better. I think in the playoffs, it, it's size that's going to be a little different. I think this is where somebody Ooh. like St. Saint, Saint Louis uh, loses. Uh, uh, that uh, It hurts losing a guy like Bacchus, not having him on the team. Right. Big guy in the, the playoffs, okay. grinding uh, kind of play. Uh, I really... I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see I, – I guess I need to see in a physical, a hard, real hard physical series, uh, actually see St. Louis stand up and play that and come out of it healthy. See, this is uh, – I don't think I, – I, I think as far as durability is concerned is going to be the problem and it, it, as it moves on here. Um, I think Anaheim, uh, again, uh, that's me. I've got Anaheim, Pittsburgh, you've got St. Louis, and I am sure uh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. One of the things – go ahead. I was going to say, looking at being a Pittsburgh fan, but even if I wasn't, I just don't see anyone that's going to take them out. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can see actually a repeat, now, which did is you, killer. Did, did you see the locusts and the uh, – the fire fireballs coming from the sky in Florida that I saw the other night when Flurry in a deciding game put up 49 saves. <laughs> because it was the end of the world, man. I was waiting for some guy to walk up to me, throw his staff down, and it turned into a cobra or something. It was just like, whoa, wait a minute. Did Flurry just actually have 49 saves in a, in, a, in a winning game in a playoff series? What is the expression that you say about the sun and a dog and all that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. I, yeah, I believe that it was, it was shining mightily that day. Apparently, his tail was straight up in the air. That dog. So, before we go to uh, before we go to a commercial break, there is something that I, I have a mini hockey rant, if you will. Um. <laughs> Here's the problem, folks. I am a Devils fan, as a bunch of you know, and um, I, I, I'm taking a look at something that's really. If you're a New Jersey Devils fan, and, and I, I, I say this as a Devils fan, we're in trouble, gang. I, I really believe we're in trouble, and this whole thing here is become a mess. Now Shiro took over this team. The same time, obviously, Lou Lamarillo took over Toronto. Now, the Devils ended the season a minus 61 goals for, goals against. Minus 61. Toronto a plus nine, and in the playoffs, same amount of time, 
two general managers with two, at the time they both took over, failing franchises. Look at what Lou has done with Toronto as opposed to what Shearer has done with the Devils. And, and, and I'm, I'm worried because you look at the Devils and you can't sit there and say, see, like Toronto. Toronto, their scoring is picked up. Their defense is a little bit better, but their defense still needs work. You look at the Devils, they suck at both ends. They're awful at both ends. 183 goals for, letting up 244. It's not like they've gone out and said, okay, well, you know what? We're building, but at least we're building the defense, or at least we're building the offense. We just have the defense. You didn't do either so far. A little concern. That's my rant. Yeah, you can't tell me I'm wrong, JT. No, no. I would say, though, in in the devil's defense, you know, having a guy like Austin Matthews, who as an 18-slash-19-year-old put up 69 points, 40 goals, and already has three goals in five playoff games, you know, it's nice to have one of those, you know, type of players. Uh, and he played 82 games as well in the regular season, so durability. Nice to have one of those players leading your franchise forward. So, I mean, you got to well, give that's him that. Well, insane. But this was a team that Jer- the Jersey Devils supposedly had Schneider in net, a bunch of good young defensemen to work with. Well, they got rid of their one, one of their top young defensemen. Uh-huh. And, and then all of a sudden now they don't have a defense. None. No, I have it's to ask. back there, and they, and they don't have scoring. <laughs> scoring. I got to ask the, the Devils fan here. Mm. You were quite excited about that trade at the beginning of the season. How do you feel about that trade now that the season the season's over? The uh, Larson trade? Yes. I still feel the same. We needed to get scoring, okay? But that's not – that's. it seems like, you know, first of all, you, you got to have more than what's going on. You had a guy like Camilleri mm-hmm. go a whole month without a goal. Goal, right. That's it. You're talking a front – when you're talking your top six – now, your top six should be interchangeable because on your top teams, on your playoff teams that are going to go far, and I promise you, your two Stanley Cup contenders will have a top six where those six are interchangeable as far as any team's top three players, they'd be on those top six. All right, so I guess I, you go and, right. and you take Camilleri – one of your top six players, no goals a whole month? Wow. Are you, that right? hurts. No. The only thing I look at that, though, that trade and say, the the hubbub and the the fanfare that Hall mm. had coming up through the system in, uh, you know, uh, when he with Edmonton. Right. And then they, they get rid of him that quickly. Uh, that always is a red flag to me. You know, to, to give up on someone, and I say give up, they traded, but, I mean, let's be real. If 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 he lived up to the fanfare or the, you know, publicity that he got, he would have been untouchable. That'd be like Toronto saying right now, hey, let's go, let's go, let's trade Austin Matthews. It's not happening. And I'm not saying Hall is Matthews. Well, you know what you need? Same... You know what you need okay. for him, okay? You need more than a Travis Zajac or... 
You know, you need a, first of all, you need a strong power forward to keep people away from Hall. Hall's not a power guy. He's your finesse guy. He's your finisher. He's your finisher. So you've got to put him with guys that are going to bang the other people around, okay, and get their attention and free up space. Travis, Travis Zajac is at best, a third line center. At best. At best. Yeah, see, listen, that kid was only good when he had Parisi. That's it. And listen, I got to get off the Devils. We're taking too much time on hockey. Anyway, uh, folks, uh, anybody want to uh, catch me about the Devils? Catch me on Facebook. Catch me on Twitter. Catch me anywhere. I'm pissed about my team. Can you tell? Uh, listen, folks, uh, we, we, we were going to this commercial. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a couple of people out there who have been dying to hear, and this is the last time, the official last time for the Ethan commercial, folks. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about breadfromyourbed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey from breadfromyourbed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and we'll show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Bedfromthebed.com and where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go to get help starting a business? Bedfromthebed.com All right, and if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com All right, Ethan, one more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, BreadFromYourBed.com That's right, folks. BreadFromYourBed.com Hi, I'm Jeff Cross, a former Miami Dolphin. I'm a big fan of the Fantasy Jester, and you're listening to the Fantasy Jester. You know, that's right. You're damn skippy. You are listening to the Fantasy Jester, Jeff Cross, a good friend of the show, as well as so many other guests that we've had on it has been an exciting exciting time for all of us as we continue on in this show jester out jester out <sighs> what it is at the end the official announcement comes tonight folks everybody's been wanting to see what this episode's about and uh that announcement is coming uh real soon Stand by. 
We're going to go ahead and bring JT back in in a minute, but don't forget, you are listening to the Fantasy Justice Show brought to you by, as Ethan told you, breadfromyourbed.com, Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach. Catch them down there for the best damn dive experience you could ever want. Folks, great sponsors of ours. They've been with us from the start, both Joey from Bread From Your Bed and Ryan from Deep Obsession Charters. Want to thank them. Now, as we continue on, we're going to go ahead, bring JT back in and get into the NFL. You know, JT, we've got Thug Life Manning, we've got Mixon, and uh, we've got Hernandez. (laughs) Uh, A whole bunch of thugs we've got to talk about. Can you believe we're talking about Eli Manning, uh, Mixon, and Hernandez all in the same show at the same time? That's terrible. It really is. That's not not something I would have guessed uh, until you brought this up. So uh, this should be interesting to see where this goes. Well, it's just a, a bunch of yeah, – It's hey, listen, we're talking about the thugs in the NFL, the people that you got to watch out for. You know, you got one that just he's, – he's just offed himself, a murderer. Okay, you got another one that's uh, being implicated uh, in uh, fraud in Manning. And now uh, I don't know what what's going to happen with Mixon. What do you what what do you look at with this kid if you're a GM? I mean, this is this is the NFL. This is what we've got. Uh, I I know I joke about it when I throw Eli in there, folks. Okay, but it's true. I mean, really, Eli fraud, possible fraud. You're talking about. You got Hernandez and this. I mean, it's anybody. Is my point. And now you're going to get a guy with the record that he has. What do you look at, JT? I mean, if you're a GM, what do you do? Uh, you know, it's going to have to be a, a team like a New England, a Pittsburgh, uh, something with a strong front office, strong ownership. Because like you and I talked off the air a couple nights ago in our meeting, only five, I've read only five NFL owners have signed off on drafting this kid. Um, so that, that really narrows it down. You know, he just he just settled his law, civil lawsuit yesterday with the lady that he punched uh, back in 2014. Uh, I'm sure some agents or whatever his agents, he took a chance on that, thinking that, hey, we'll pay that off for you, you know, that type of deal. Um, I'd like to see a lot of these uh, these places just – not even take these kids. Don't give them a way out. You know, you go out and you punch this lady. Um, I don't know, man. The guy's supremely talented, but to me, the, the red flags, the NFL has to crack down on this kind of stuff. I mean, Ray Rice never came back. You saw what he did. I don't see how that's any different. Um, it, it's just the thing at this something. point. You know, you brought up something interesting. Five owners you got to figure Kraft signed off because he's got Belichick to keep the kid. To control, and Brady to control that locker room. Okay, so there's one. Rooney? You would think, you think no, the Roonies? But yet, you would think no because of their stance on you know, the kind of players they want, but they've stuck by Ben through all of his stuff. They signed him to a huge contract after his situation. You have right. the... Uh, Kid that the kid that drafted a wide receiver a couple years ago that's uh, been in trouble out of Clemson. Yep. Uh, you know, he's been in trouble a, a ton. 
Um, Le'Veon Bell, you know, his his off-the-field stuff. So at this point now, we're not talking about the clean, uh, you know, no-nonsense Steelers front office anymore. It seems like they're willing to take talent and figure that their organization can keep them in line. You think the Giants and Mara were one of them? Yes, I do. I do. And it'd be there for two reasons. Do you really want to bring this kid to New York? That's an interesting question, but let's just say you do. You know, you mentioned Eli Manning. We joke about Eli, but there's there's some strong personalities in that locker room that carry some weight. Uh, but let's be real. The Giants have a supreme need at running back. I know that you like Perkins, uh, but apparently they don't, as they've said. They Or if you look at the, the, the players that they've brought in for more than one workout, most of them have been running backs at this point. I like them. So, I don't. I, I like them. I wouldn't be against. Hey, listen. I was the one that said, "Go ahead, split duties with uh, either Jamal Charles or AP. I don't care." Um, yeah, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not convinced. You. I'm not convinced he's it. So whatever route they want to go to bolster a position that definitely you need, you need more than one back in the NFL anyway, just in case because it's a highly injured position. Right. Right. So you start so, off on Mixon as a Giants fan. You'd be happy with him. Would I? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would worry that would tip the balance of retarded beings in the locker room. Because we already have, have our own retard. We have our own clown. You've already got now, it now. Well, let me say this. We the just got rid of, that- if you notice, a couple of the people on the boat probably could have stayed there because they're not on the team anymore. Right, exactly. Exactly. Now, the team I want to throw out there, again, we'll talk need, but we'll talk strong personality head coach, Minnesota Vikings. Okay. You got a mm. strong, strong personality head coach. You got right. a, the worst, the worst running team in the last few years. And then on top of that, how could it get any uh, any safer as far as an NFL city? You're in Minnesota. There's nothing to do there. I mean, absolutely <laughs> nothing. God. What are you going to go? What's he going to do? Go to Mall of America and rob a Zale? I mean, come on. There's nothing in Minnesota. What's he going to go fish with grumpy old men? I mean, that, you know, so get him a shanty, teach him to ice fish, and you're set. You know, Minnesota was one of the states we didn't have yet, and uh, I guess we never will. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm oh, wrong, man. Oh, my Lord. I don't know. I, I've never been there, and I, I, I hold hope that maybe we can carry one listener for tonight from Minnesota. Hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I've been there, and if you remember that old mm-hmm. Saturday morning show, Land of the Lost, with all the fake dinosaurs and everything, Dude, that's, yeah. what the, that's what the mosquitoes. That's what the mosquitoes look like up there at those lakes, man. It's like pterodactyls flying around. That's a scary place. That's funny. That's funny. We, Minnesota never. Well, well, folks, uh, listening. Uh, future people that are still finding this on uh, iTunes. Uh, I've never been to Minnesota. Don't hold it against me. You can hold a lot of things against me. I'd never said a word against Minnesota. Actually, my favorite hockey player lives and is from Minnesota, Zach Parisi, so I can't say anything. 
I'm not saying it's a bad place. I'm just saying it's relatively safe as far as the nightlife situation. How about that? <laughs> There's nothing to do. <laughs> right. Go hang out at Mall of America in your baggy pants, man. That's about it. Oh, but uh, let me let me All say right. one thing real quick. Jokes aside, because you've taken a few shots out there on on the Aaron Hernandez topic. Let me just weigh in on that. Yeah. The man said the man saved us taxpayers some money, so I appreciate him for that. But let's remember, guys also got a really young daughter that just lost her dad. You know, there's always that side of this that I think people seem to forget about. You know, that little girl didn't do anything wrong. But you know, yet she No, but you know what? She just got fifteen million. Maybe she did, but again, that doesn't mean anything to her at this age. So my point is It doesn't, but you you know know what? When she grows up and she's got mm-hmm. that many millions that have compounded in interest and oh, hopefully has been taken think... care of properly. You know how many daddies she'll be able to buy? Oh, you just said if that gets taken care of properly, please. Like you re- that situation, you think that that money will be there in 15 years, 14 years, whatever it is? Please. I don't know how that's going to be handled and who's going to look over it. Uh, maybe Jose Baez is looking after it. Oh, hey, yeah, there you <laughs> Did go. You see, he's he's part of the attorney group for them and all that. I'm like, oh my lord, great. First Casey Anthony, now Anthony Hernandez, uh, Aaron Hernandez. I'm like, oh my god. All righty, well, clientless, lovely, lovely clients you got there, bud. You are. He is. Uh, he's a special kind of lawyer, I guess. Well, well, real quick, let me ask you this. Yeah. You're a GM. Who's the first Uh-oh. quarterback taken? Who's the first quarterback you take in this draft? I don't. Boy, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. You don't take a quarterback in this draft at all. No. Ooh, no I'm not the only one that shares that sentiment. Mm, the old... there, there's definitely one in there. There's one in there. There's, there's one possibly. In there. Oh, I, I think the kid out of Notre Dame is going to be just fine. As much as I, as much as his last name makes me cringe to say, he's the, about the only one. He's about the only one that I feel that has a chance. He is literally, literally, the only one I feel that has a chance. And you know what? You know what I like about him. Here's what I like about him. Just what we were talking about earlier. Heart. That kid has heart, and he believes in himself. He believes he's going to be great. I like that. That is a quality that, listen, if you're good at something, okay, it's no problem. Speak, And he believes in himself. There, there are so many people that, you know, walk around here doubting themselves in life, okay, that can really take an example from that young man. You have a talent. It's okay to believe in yourself and see great things for yourself. And he does. And that is that's something that you can pull off of people that hold them from being great at anything. And he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that problem. He doesn't have to worry about overcoming, believing to see himself in a position of greatness. You have to be able to see mm-hmm. yourself there. And he does. That is probably the only reason why I believe he could be the only quarterback. And really, truly, the only great quarterback. If you're talking about becoming a great quarterback at some point in the NFL. Yeah. Well, every, great, you know, you've yes. got all these people that 
they want to talk about Trubinsky from uh, North Carolina. Back up. Put on his tape. You, when you, yeah, when you well, actually, I I see uh, I see Chad Pennington when I see him. I see Back a guy up. that can manage. Well, Pennington had a couple pretty uh, ten pretty good ten win seasons as a starter. If you surround him with the right with the running game that he had too. Curtis Martin, absolutely. Yeah. You, know, you get a Curtis Martin. You get somebody like that in there. But uh, you know, I, I look at at Kaiser and say, hey. The, to me, the perfect place for him to go uh, would be Pittsburgh. Now, listen, let me ask you something. And, mm-hmm. and this is real. This is, this is a real situation. And, folks, if you're a fantasy sports player, you will understand this. I mean, this is a fantasy sports show. This is a perfect question for a fantasy sports player. This is a real case scenario that we have, folks. All right, JT and I... Uh, play in a couple of leagues together, and the, in these leagues, one of the in the, a lot of these leagues, there's a, a, a certain group, a core group of players that are that are there in all these leagues with us. And, and one of the guys, he's been on the show, Jason Kaiser, mm-hmm. is one of the guys. So obviously, now uh, with that being said, do you? If you have the opportunity and he's still on your draft board, do you take Kaiser, JT? Well, you know, point I just have to say, unfortunately in this world, um, sometimes you're the fly, sometimes you're the windshield. And uh, at this point, I think you just take the, I think you take the splat, you take the, the, you know, the Mako frog splat on this one and uh, take the fly. You do it. You pull the trigger, huh? You take a Kaiser. Yeah. You, you, you know, like I said, you just kind of have to. We just refer to him as Deshaun from now on. I want to have that young man on. I, I wish we could call him right now. <laughs> I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Jason. I want to call no, Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, and see, I want to see if uh, Deshaun Kaiser knows who Randall Gritchick is. I bet he does. I mean, he played at Notre Dame. He's a smart kid. It's in a similar part of the country as St. Louis. I bet he knows who he is. All right, stop. Let's get to baseball. We had enough uh, goofy. Oh, let's see. Do we have everything? We got a draft coming up. You know, folks, here's, here's, here's what's up. We'll talk. Actually, we'll go into the draft and all that. Um, we talked about everything for the draft as far as mock drafts and crap like that before. I mean, honestly, do you? All right, here, real quick. Uh, I talking about the draft, and then and then we'll move on. Do you see any of the top three trading down? Yes. Cleveland showed a, a propensity last year to move back. I don't think defensive end is going to help them at this point. And honestly, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be glad. I'll put my name to this. When I look at Garrett, I don't see anything more than just Davian Clowney, a guy that's an outside speed rusher that does he really have the heart to play the game anyway. So at this point, I trade back. If there's a willing partner and I can, let's say, trade back, let's say with the Jets, for example. The Jets, I've heard, are a willing partner. Move back to six and pick up a couple more picks, as many needs as Cleveland needs. Yeah, I trade back, and I can see him doing it. 
Um, who is your number one? If you are Cleveland and you're keeping the pick, who do you take for them? Well, this I know is not a popular feeling anymore. And actually, you and I have talked about this on the show before that you know, there's a point there where running backs had kind of disappeared. But um, honestly, with what Cleveland needs, they need to, A, they need to get some kind of offense together. They don't have the quarterback situation solved. I don't think they're going to solve it this year. Uh, no. Tells you when Brock Osweiler's still on your roster, um, you know, what the quarterback situation's like. But uh, at this point, I take one of those running backs and. Yeah, there's a big the big debate out there. Is it Leonard Fournette? I won't touch Leonard Fournette. The guy's got a chronic ankle injury. I think he's overweight, and I don't. I, I see nothing more than Trent Richardson when I see that guy in the NFL. So to me, the way the NFL is today with passing to the running backs, believe it or not, I still look at Dalvin Cook or McCaffrey at this point. And again, this is where I'm trying to trade back to a team that needs a defensive end. I'm not a Miles Garrett guy. Right, right. Do I say do I say McCaffrey or Cook are the best player in the draft? Maybe, maybe not. But at this point, I'm not taking Garrett if I'm Cleveland. You get you need you can get a defensive end in that draft. You can get a Taco Charlton later on or somebody like that at twelve. Um, that's gonna be just as productive. The, uh, there's so much that they can do. They've got so many holes to fill. Do you really <laughs> need to go defensive end? Yeah, really. It really is a case of just trade back, guys, and go get yourself two two really good players rather than one who people – you're not the only one. There's a couple other people I've heard go a little suspect about taking a defensive end one, and especially one that not everybody's 100% on. You know, I'll, I'll give you a name. Football. I'll give you a name. Remember the draft when LeVar Arrington and Courtney Brown came out? LeVar yeah. and Courtney Brown went one. That's that's exactly what I see with this kid. A guy that may get you five or six sacks. Um, not a bad player, but not a guy where you take number one. He's not uh, Vaughn Miller coming off the edge at all. Not even close. Um, who should be the first quarterback off the board? Should Without a doubt, my opinion. Uh, no, huh? no, I'm not. I'm taking Kaiser with that first pick. Yeah, or as far as quarterback, he'd be the first quarterback. He'd be the first. Now, all you're saying, who is going to be the first quarterback? It'll probably end up being this kid. Mahomes is getting a huge push here late, um, but I still think it'll probably be yeah. The Trubisky will be the first quarterback taken. Though, if it were me, it would be Kaiser. You think it's? You think San Fran's going to take him? They have to. San Fran has to. They have no choice. At this point, they have no choice. Do you think uh, you think ownership, by the way, in San Francisco, wish they could go back a few years and, and cut uh, Trent Baalke loose instead of Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, hey, listen, you know who uh, – it's been good. You, you keep talking about uh, Cook, about Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both teams, both teams that I follow in the NFL, the Giants and Tampa, both teams like them. Well, it's not to like. I mean, I'm telling you, I gave this season to Marshall Falk. 
I'm not saying he's Marshall Fox. I'm saying he's got Marshall Fox skill set of receiving, running, uh, the way he carries the ball, the way he is on the field. And now if you look at a lot of these um, guys on mock, you know, mock draft 6.8 and 9.9, yeah, yeah. all the player comparisons are Dalvin Cooker to Marshall Fox. So this kid's something special. He just needs to secure the ball a little bit better. That's that's his one his one negative for me is ball security. But if Amon Green can be taught to secure the football, anybody can be taught to secure the football. Uh, uh well, and look at Tiki hey, Barber. Listen, Tiki, I was just gonna say you don't have to go past the Giants on that one for Tiki Barber. But uh, is he okay? Is who who's your first running back off the board, McCaffrey or Cook? Cook. You already said it's not for that. Yeah, it's Cook. Yeah, I I like Cook. I like Cook a lot. He's probably I like him more than I do Ezekiel Elliott. If that tells you anything. I now, would go. Now will, now will Cook go have the benefit of Ezekiel Elliott's offensive line? No, but I'm talking on just pure talent. I like him better than Elliott. Uh, you think he's big enough to handle it? Um, I mean, he's not much. I mean, he's again very, very similar in stature to Marshall Falk. I think mm-hmm. he can add a little bit of muscle and not lose any of his agility. Um, but the guy catches the ball. He runs routes. He can block, so he'll stay on the field. He can run inside and outside. He's decisive. So I think he'll be just fine. ACC did win the national title, if I remember correctly. So he played with some, you know, played with the big boys down the ACC and did just fine. <sighs> I know you like McCaffrey because I, of who is who is uh, who his lineage is, but what's not? I like. I just. I, well, you see, I just I, I like his hands too. He's just he's a good runner. He's got great hands. Um, no, actually. Uh, I put one, two, and three, Fournette. Is Fournette in the top three for you? I would go third. I would take him third. At this point, I would give him three. You know, he did lose weight. Oh, so he's down to what, 235, 230? Because he was at 240, 245 at the end of the year. I heard he lost like 15 pounds was the last I heard. So he's at 225, 230, but again – how many teams have a medical red flag on that guy because of the chronic uh, degenerative uh, tissue in his ankle? I won't touch that. Mm-hmm. I won't touch that. You, you're talking about a running back that has weight. You know, regardless, he's a big guy. He's got weight, and he's got a degenerative ankle condition. I don't want anything to do with him. Uh, they said that about Miles Jack, too, though. Okay, and what about, about and Miles? Name. Don't hate me, Miles. But what have we seen from Jack so far? We've seen Jack from Jack. Wait till I so, see him in camp. I'm just saying, That's what I'm going to tell him. Until, yep, I want to see something from him before I'm willing to give him any kind of pass. Wow. Yeah. All righty. All right. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's. Uh, we were supposed to get to uh, some baseball at some point here. Yeah. Um, do this. You know, uh, baseball. Uh, that's a sport. Speaking of baseball, why don't we lead baseball in with a friend of ours? Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. 
Yeah, yeah. Good old Jim. Uh, we'll, see, we'll have Jim here shortly. This is uh, this could be true. Maybe, uh, maybe shortly, maybe not. Well, I mean, you'll play him again at some point, won't you? Uh, I could. You I can play him right now. Play. We'll have him again shortly. He'll be here shortly. I mean, you'll play him again. Yeah. So here we. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. It was just it different. Is. We got Jim. We had Jeff on before. What's up, Miles Jack? You listen to the Fantasy Jesse Show. How you doing? This is Bo Outlaw. You listen to the Fantasy Justice Show. Yeah, just different ones. Huh? Just having fun. Was that Bo Outlaw or was that was that Barry White? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, it's nice to reminisce. Oh, nostalgia. Anyway. Yeah, memories. Let's hit. Let's let's hit. Get it? Let's hit baseball. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. What do you got? I don't know. What do you got? That's the question. See, we're going to talk about uh, all different positions. Let's go first base. What's uh, what's caught your eye, or you know, what what's surprising you? What isn't surprising you? Well, Anything? Let's give somebody you know, something off of Friend of the show, Sam Clum, who's recently joined our um, big boy baseball league and graduated yeah. from the from the minors. You know, I try to explain to him with baseball, you also have to factor in their home ballpark. Guy at first base who's eligible at first and third in in the American League that I'm interested in, only owned in 25% of the league. So, Yulieski Gurriel, the Cuban, batting 319 mm-hmm. so far through 47 at bat, only struck out six times. So he seems like he's got the got you know got the bat under control, and in that ballpark, as the weather gets you know going, the season gets going, balls fly out of that park. He's in a good offense. Um, really shocked that he really didn't go any higher than you know two sixty ADP or lower in drafts. And a guy again only owning twenty five percent. So at first base, Yulieski Gurriel, somebody I'd definitely get out there and get a look on. You know, there there are a couple of guys out there that. People aren't too sure about, don't really know a lot about that are coming up and have come out of feels like nowhere. And now the guy that he, he's owned and, you know, I'm giving him to you folks as somebody to go out and trade for that. This start isn't a fluke. Okay. And that is Eric Thames from Milwaukee. Mm, nice. he, plays, he plays in a, a fantastic hitter's ballpark. Okay. And, yeah, and this isn't a fluke. I mean, this is this is what he does. People aren't familiar with him, okay? And it is it, he he just puts up power numbers. This isn't this isn't anything new. You see in the eight home runs so far, well, he hit 40 and 47 and 37. And he's hit everywhere he's been. He's finally getting a touch of Major League Baseball here. I mean, this like is that, a guy. Yeah. yeah, he's played. He's played Korean ball. Okay, he's come over, and people weren't sure what he was going to be able to do. That he's come over. All he's done is hit three seventy nine, hit eight home runs so far, fourteen RBIs, twenty runs. Okay, but this is what he. That's his track record. 
And people didn't know because he's in the he's in Milwaukee. He's not in New York. He's not in L.A. All right. But I'm going to tell you right now, go trade for him. He there's still, leagues. He's still available. I don't even understand that. one. OK, but if he's in your league, go trade for him. This isn't a fluke. People are going to be trying to dump him thinking, OK, I can sell him high. OK, and get something and he's going to tail off. This kid stick with second base, second base. You know, uh, you talked about before the show. Interesting enough, you have the AL. What are you seeing over there? <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, second base outside of your outside of your stars like Altuve, Kipnis, and you know, a couple guys like that. Your Robbie Cano's and Cano's not even having a good year. Um, there's not much, and there's not a lot on the on the horizon. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit here and take a guy that is still eligible at second in a couple different organizations, not Yahoo, ESPN, but CBS and a few others. You know, the prospect Yoan Moncada is about the best I see coming, and I'm right. suspect about him. You know, a guy that's batting only 281 right now in AAA, but struck out 21 times in 56 at bats. Same problem he had when he came up to the show last year. The guy just seems to whiff uh, far too much, but at this point. The AL's uh, future at second base is, is looking bleak, uh, to say the least. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm going to surprise some people, probably you, uh, uh, one of them. But this is a kid that just, he year after year, he keeps growing. He's 27 now at second base. He plays uh-huh. for a team that's it's a young offense around him too, but he continues to grow in it and he continues to get better. Like I said, year after year for the Phillies, and that's Cesar Hernandez. He's a guy that again not going not going to get not going to hit you a lot of home runs, but he's going to get you everywhere else in a uh-huh. lot of categories. And in a league like ours, say you know where there's a, a ton of categories, he just keeps. He keeps growing in all of them except for home runs. And as that offense now is continuing to grow, he's picking up the runs. He's picking up uh, all that. So, again, he's somebody that's going to get you a triple. He's already got three home runs. He's already has half the output he had for all last season. So, even that's growing. I mean, so far, we don't know what his ceiling is yet. And right now, he's batting three twenty four. Three home runs. He's got a triple, four doubles. I mean, the kid's doing a little bit of everything out there, and he plays. And he plays a good uh, second base. So, right now he's got an OPS of nine oh three. Again, all these numbers year after year continue to grow. Uh, somebody that can be had probably rather cheap, uh, and again is available in more leagues than he really should be. He's running at about fifty four percent, depending on. Uh, what what uh what platform are you playing on? It was him or Peraza. I like Peraza. What do you think of Peraza? Uh, I'm not a fan of Peraza. I I just his contact rate to me, um, just and his fly enough. ball rate for it. Well, the guy reminds me of uh you know Willie Mays Hayes from Major League Two. He thinks he's a power hitter all of a sudden. Uh, you put the ball <laughs> in the gap, hit the ball in the ground, use your speed, dude. You I mean, what is this? home run swing that I keep seeing from this kid. I know you're in Cincinnati, but 
Come on, man. Put the ball on the ground, hit in the gap, and use those wheels. As uh, as we move over and we continue on to uh, third base here, i got to ask you something about Mr. Gallo. Okay. Is he ever going to be MLB proficient? Is he ever going to oh, be I'm able sure. uh, be able to connect a little bit more? Oh, I mean, I tell you what, they, they made a big deal that he hit a curve the other night. It was last night for a home run. Um, you know that he had trouble with the curve. Excuse me, Clint Eastwood. But um, <laughs> you know, last year when he came up. But uh, you know, let's uh, let let's be realistic. The the guy is a free swinger. Um, we've used this name on the show before. He reminds me of another Rob Deer. He's a guy that can probably bat 225, 235, and hit 30 home runs. He has a place in the majors, but I don't ever see him as a as an elite hitter. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but it was very interesting that, you know, this is a highly touted, highly touted prospect because of his power. Yeah. And just can't, can't get enough of uh, – the ball often his enough. defense has improved. I'll give him his defense. I've seen him make some serious plays over there at, at third base. But uh, you know, you're talking about elite prospect. I, I got to throw a guy at you real quick. And only owned in 4.6 percent of leagues. See, I'm going deep. None of this 50 percent stuff. I'm going deep for you. Former top, former top prospect of the Chicago White Sox, Matt Davidson, um, batting 324 for the for the big club this year. Three homers, 10 RBIs. Uh, third base, utility guy, uh, starting to show some of the promise. It took him a little longer to to, to bloom, but uh, a guy that, well, judging by his ownership, you haven't noticed, and you should. This is a guy I'd give a look. He's in a, in a good ballpark. He's going to play utility most of the time, but he also spells Todd Frazier from time to time. So third base utility, Matt Davidson, somebody I'd give a look to. Nice. Nice. All right. How do you feel about uh, – Travis Shaw from Milwaukee. Oh man, a guy that Boston gave up on way too soon. I think I think you know you got that was his first full season in MLB with Boston uh, last year, and he was doing really well. He tailed off. That was his first ever full season. You know how many ball players I've seen tail off in their first full season. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in, pretty much in a lot of sports that happens. So now, and then he goes to hitter friendly Milwaukee, and already has he's got an on base uh, OPS of uh, he's got an OPS of nine eighteen right now, okay. already. And, and he's yeah. been, oh. he's had a little bit of hard luck. He's got wait a minute. The best is he's he's hit a couple right at people. Okay, but he still has five home runs, sixteen RBIs. So uh, this is, uh, again, somebody that is probably you can get them for cheap if he's uh, not still available. I know over in Yahoo, I just picked him up in a bunch of leagues in Yahoo. He was still available. I had no idea why. Go ahead. Um, Shortstop, right? Shortstop. So going deep again, only owned in 9.2% of leagues. Taylor Motter. Uh, shortstop utility man for the Seattle Mariners leads the team with a with a 1.067 OPS, uh, batting 256, four homers, eight RBIs. Um, again, a guy you can get that'll that'll add some numbers to your lineup. 
a guy that's showing some promise. And, again, when you're talking about a team that's got Robbie Cano, Nelson Cruz, some of these other big bats, this kid's the one that's leading the team in OPS. So, um, definitely somebody at 9.2% ownership you should be able to get with no problem. Hmm. Uh, I've got uh, – I'm not there. I've, I've got Mr. Uh, 47.8% in Mr. Owings over in the uh, National yeah, League for you folks. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's – you know, he's 25 years old, okay? He's already got six RBIs, four stolen bases, batting three oh eight. And again, it's somebody he's he's got in most platforms. He has dual eligibility for outfield and for shortstop. And, and you know, you talk about somebody who continues again to grow each year, year after year. After year. And it looks like he's going to continue again uh, this season. Here, twenty-five years old, looking to break out. And this could definitely be the year. That's somebody I'm telling you you should look out for. Uh, outfield. I'm trying to keep this moving. We're at uh, 916. And uh, outfield. Now, outfield, you know, there's so much. But I want to ask you one person in particular, and then uh, you go ahead with who you have. What are you thinking about Albert Almore? Do you like him? I like him a lot, that kid. I like him. He's, he's real silky smooth on the base paths in the outfield. He runs well, um, effortless almost. It seems like uh, a natural almost when you watch that kid play the game. He just he plays it very very easily. Um, the only negative I see for him is just the log jam of talent that that uh, you know the parent club has. I know he's up, right. but he's not getting every day. You know, not getting the everyday at bats that I think he should. Uh, but man, the kid has some serious talent. You, if I, I let me tell you, you know, people are going to be surprised about what I say here on this one. Zobris better uh, better hope he fixes whatever's ailing him there to keep him from hitting the way he should, because uh, he'll lose his outfield position to, to this kid. Well, I'll tell you what. If I can, if I can uh, piggyback that, you got to watch mm. for Ian Happ as well. Uh, second base outfielder in their in their organization. He's already uh, six or seven home runs already, batting three hundred. He and has guy eight. That, uh, Madden. He's he up has to eight, eight now. Right so now. Madden, yeah. So he Madden needs... is a big. Madden has mentioned him several times. So Hap is another a beast. kid that's good to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hap yes, is a is. beast. He's got eight. He leads all of. Uh, he leads all the minor leaguers right now with eight. Yeah, old Ben's absolutely ridiculous. So. Um, but no, I like I like him. I think he's a guy that you see get traded uh, for the Cubs to get a piece that they're missing as the season goes, and wherever he okay. goes, the kid's going to play full time. What do you see as their problem early on, or potential problem? Starting pitching, Arietta's uh, almost uh, what is this three sixty five three point seven on his ERA. Lackey's over five. Um, Lester's higher than you know, the starting pitching is what it is. You look at their at their team; their starting pitching's been bad. Uh, they gave up eight runs to the Reds today. Uh, they scored twelve, but they gave up eight. So the the Cubbies need to get their starting pitching down. I think they need to look at another a fourth starter, third or fourth starter replacement at this point. Hmm. You know, um, one of the one of the guys that uh, speaking of starting pitching and. Uh, it's looking like uh, 
he's going to make a start next week uh, with the Dodgers. And uh, somebody you're familiar with, JT, is uh, Julio mm-hmm. Urias. Oh, yeah. Um, Looking I like... think he could make more than one start. Yeah, um, right now he's he's at uh, 193 ERA, uh, 15 strikeouts, and 14 innings. The only and thing, uh, the only thing bad, the only thing bad about that kid is his walks. He still he has nine walks in 14 innings. That's the only thing bad about him. And I agree with you. The one thing I, I wish more people, and I know you know this because we've talked about it. But more fans should look into is why. It's kind of like spring training when you see a guy with a high ERA or walk. Mm-hmm. Generally a reason for it. And if you listen to what the Dodgers are saying, they've also been having him work on his secondary pitches a little bit more and not using that dominant fastball so much. So there are going to be some growing pains as he gets used to using the second, secondary and third pitches more. So, you know, you bring him up to the show, though, and let him go at it. You know, we saw once he adjusted last year how well he did. I want to. Uh, I, I have to, and it's somebody that again you're familiar with. I have to give a shout out to somebody being here in the land and able to see him uh, pitch for the Stetson Hatters here. Uh, Degrom is just <laughs> disgusting, folks. Is he? What? What does he have? I mean, he's got ridiculous amount of strikes so far. What has he got, like, 20 in his last two games or something like that? Well, Yeah, well, today he struck out 10 in, in six Ten. innings, but he walked six. Walked six today, so he's a little wild today. But if you look, the way he mixes his four-seam and two-seam fastball uh, and, and then drops the change in, there's very few pitchers that I see that will start in a bat throwing a change-up because a lot mm-hmm. of these hitters aren't looking. You can't look for a change-up on the first pitch. It's, you know, at this point – um, just a guy that mixes his pitches and locations well. Real smart kid. Really good, really good stuff. Uh, you want to you want to talk about the guy that we both are enamored with as a uh, reliever with Davinsky? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw him out there. Let me throw one starter at you real quick. Yeah, Andrew Triggs. Andrew Triggs out in Oakland, only owned by thirty five percent. Seventeen point two innings pitched this year. Zero yeah. earned runs. 3-0. Right. His case for nine are right around five. He's not a big strikeout guy, but he's a sinker ball pitcher, and he keeps the ball on the ground. So that's somebody I'd look at. You know, and ESPN actually threw out a nice reference on Davinsky, uh, bringing up the reference of the old 70s fireman reliever, because that's kind of – that is what he reminds me of as well. Guys that will come in and throw two innings, uh, 16 point per nine. He's got a hold, a save, mm-hmm. a win so far. A point zero point six zero whip, and an ERA yep. at one point five. Trout, Trout got him the other night, but Trout's got a lot of people. Um, they call him the Dragon for a reason, man. This kid's sick. Uh, you want to watch? You enjoy watching a reliever? Watch this kid come in the game and starting pitcher uh, eligibility on top of that. Nice. No, I've got a uh, for for starting pitcher out there, folks. Uh, there's somebody that. And ESPN's only owned 16% of the leagues, and in Yahoo, 24%. Last year, won 16 games, 140 uh, strikeouts, and 177 innings. He went 16-6 and six for the Baltimore Orioles. 
Tillman is available. How the hell is Tillman available in that many leagues, folks? And why? I could tell you what leagues he isn't available in. Mine. Any league that I'm in, he is sitting there on my DL, firmly entrenched. You've got a team that it's a successful team. They've got the offense. They've got the manager. They've got the pets. They've got the uh, the back end of the staff to keep. Uh-huh. Uh, if you if you're ahead in the game, they're going to keep you in the game. Uh, I have no idea. Sixteen percent of the leagues in ESPN, twenty four in Yahoo. Uh, relief pitcher. I see somebody coming up. Uh, and again, this is uh, you know. I I I don't know. I just feel that he's going to go ahead and eventually go ahead and get some more uh, some more time on the mound, and that is Matt Barnes. Mm. That's that's a nice call. No, it's not. Yeah, Matt. No, no. Is it Barnes? Yeah. 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 I mean, you look at the K's, you look at the um, – I, I just like how he works the batters. You know, you look at how he'll work inside, he'll work outside, he induces double plays. Um, definitely somebody that uh, – definitely somebody that should be – No, more no, more I'm sorry. I couldn't remember his – I had to look it up, folks. I'm sorry. It wasn't Matt. Because if you notice, I've been on a Milwaukee theme, folks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Jacob exactly. Barnes. I'm sorry. It was Jacob Barnes. I, like I couldn't remember his damn first name. And it's because Felice, I'm sorry. I, you can't believe in Nefetali Felice at all to stay healthy, to handle this, to keep going. And he's already starting to have problems. And now all of a sudden Barnes comes in, gets his first save opportunity. He too has a 0.0 ERA a .68 whip, okay, and a 12 to 4 K to ball ratio. He's got 12 strikes already in uh, seven innings. He is, again, a guy that you want to go ahead. I I know I went heavy on Milwaukee, but there's a reason. There's some talent down there in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Folks, that is our rundown on on baseball, and now – the part that everybody has been waiting for JT. Thanks so much for tonight. And uh, thank you for everything this past year. It's been absolutely fantastic working with you Uh, folks. This has been the fantasy jester show Jester out. Uh, The announcement is real simple. Uh, Everybody's been looking and wondering why I haven't been on Twitter and what's going on with the podcast and all that. And folks, and it's been simple. I've been, I've been very busy. I've been, uh, going ahead and working on a couple of endeavors uh, outside in the business world that has uh, taken uh, a little bit more time than originally planned. And uh, as I continue down that path, uh, there's several other things around me that have been changing, that have been going on, and that have clearly uh, needed my attention. And it, it's helped me put things also uh, in perspective of what's going on as far as the podcast and, and whatnot. So, I had to go ahead and take care of those things. And now moving forward, as the show has said, you know, what is this the end? Is this the official announcement? And uh, is this what everybody's been waiting for the end of uh, Jester because of uh, 
the lack of attention I've been able to put towards it just for the past couple of weeks. And, and I do apologize because it is crazy during those last two weeks, uh, as I haven't been able to give it a lot of attention, uh, we continue to grow. <laughs> this past week, folks, um, we had over 375 listeners in the past week, and we didn't put out a show, uh, any show. And uh, I don't even know what to say to that. Other than this, Jester is out, folks. This is it. This will be my last broadcast from D-Land, Florida. (laughs) Because from now on and starting next week, the show will be coming to you from Lake County, Florida. Folks, you really thought this was it, that was it, that we were leaving or that it was ending, you got to be out of your mind. I'm not going anywhere, neither is JT. Folks, uh, depending on technical issues, we're going to try and come back next Saturday uh, with an addition uh, because we want to go ahead and have a special fantasy football edition after the draft. (laughs) Thought we were going somewhere else, Jester. I am out. <laughs> we'll see you soon. I'm a fantasy jester, and I'm out of here. <laughs>